Hi, and welcome to the Mouse and More Podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight I'm joined by Tony and Adam. How's it going, guys? Hey. Going well. Welcome to Testosterone Tuesday. <laughs> Is that what Even it was? it's not a Tuesday. <laughs> Testosterone Wednesday doesn't sound good. Yeah. It, it, why don't we call it Women Wednesday? <laughs> well, because there's more testosterone. For once, there is an abundance of testosterone on the show today. So you say. <laughs> Okay. All right. So we were talking a little bit about the show. Frankly, we were talking about um, coming up with a topic. And one of the things that Adam has been discussing earlier today was, you know, how, how are people visiting the parks now and how do they feel about it now versus before specifically related to the planning that they have to do. So we thought we would talk about what it's like, you know, do we like not having dining reservations 180 days out? Yes. Do we like not doing fast passes? How about not park hopping? So let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, guys, let's start with dining reservations. What do you guys think about that? Well, you know, the, the new window is 60 days. The old window was 180 days. And I still think 60 days personally, you know, I don't know where I want to eat five minutes from now, let alone look ahead 60 days. Right. How, however, um, by the 60-day mark, Disney usually has their park schedules out. You know, Chris and I, uh, I think you and I look at this f- from a little different aspect than Adam does because of the fact that we also happen to vacation planners uh, for one of the premier vacation agencies in the country, I might add, uh, Main Street and More Travel. Those guys are awesome. They are. That's what I hear. You know, the, the tough thing is at that six-month mark, Disney has not historically had their schedules out. So you're kind of going by best guesses or efforts when you're working on behalf of your clients. Uh, You know, clients a lot of times, you know, when you tell them, especially if they're first timers and you tell them that they have to have their reservations six months in advance, they they look at you like you've got two heads. And, uh, you know, I I think at the 60 day mark, it makes the planning a little easier uh, for a travel agent. Uh, You know, you're, you're, your general first-time guest is still probably going to think that 60 days is crazy, um, but they don't know the 180-day mark. So I, I think it's good from the travel agent aspect, but still from a from a guest aspect, um, it, it's it's a little, you know, it, it can be a little daunting. Um, you know, now uh, I, I do think the fact that we're not park hopping and you know, we'll talk about park hopping in a little bit, but the fact that we're not park hopping, you know, for us changes our dinner plans or our dining plans greatly because we would have no problem going to the Magic Kingdom, uh, you know, with a park hopper ticket and then going over to Animal Kingdom for dinner or, you know, going to Epcot and then jumping into the Magic Kingdom to go to Crystal Palace for a buffet. So it, it, it does change, you know, how you do your dining and your planning a little bit. I don't know, Adam, what, what are your thoughts as a non-travel agent? The six months was hard only because if you were going, uh, if you decided to go un, with, you know, underneath the six months, for lack of a better term, some of the more popular things were hard to get to, which would happen to me in the last couple of years. Because I, I, you know, was I wasn't able to really figure out more than six months where where or when I would be going. So 
I think I know when I like was with my family and we knew more than six months we were going. I kind of liked being able to book it that far in advance because it gave. Uh, I, I at that point I could figure out where we would go and 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 eat, etc. And then f- after that, I could always change something if I you know needed to. Um, and I think if you know you were spending all that money to get there, it was nice to know at that point you got you booked the restaurant that you were really looking forward to going to and it it kind of like spread out the planning a little bit in that you didn't have to do everything on the same day you could just kind of focus on one thing i understand why people didn't like it because it's hard to think 6 months in advance what you want to eat at the same time why not think about it 6 months in advance this way you kind of have something to look forward to I didn't personally mind thinking about it six months in advance. Like Adam, though, I would often fall into the category of I didn't, you know, I didn't get what I wanted because I didn't book it. However, generally I could get it at 60 days out when people were doing their, you know, fast passes and figuring out where they actually were going. Because, you know, you you still have people who will book five meals in a day knowing they're only going to do one. So at 60 days out, lots of things would drop. A week before, things would drop. I usually got what I wanted, unless maybe it was a busy holiday. You know, that that usually was an issue, like if we went at Thanksgiving. But, um, you know, generally speaking, I think the 180 days didn't bother me. As a travel agent, and I think, you know, of course, Tony hit on this. As a travel agent, it was stressful. We didn't have the dates out. A lot of times we didn't have clients who were ready to do it at 180 days. Even experienced clients kind of balked at it. And they would say, oh, gosh, you know, give me another week. I, I You know, we're trying to figure some stuff out. We're meeting some friends down there. There is a lot going on when people plan a vacation that costs as much as a Disney vacation. And make no bones about it. Any Disney vacation is expensive. You know, I I will say to agents, you know, your client who is booking, you know, Pop Century on free dining with, you know, four people in a room, they just paid $4,000 and that's a lot of money. I mean, I don't have $4,000 sitting here to go on vacation right now. Most of us don't, you know, it's something you have to save for. So they're putting a lot of money into it. But there are so many other things that go into planning, you know, kids' school schedule. And you don't always know things like that six months out. So you guys might remember, but years ago, so it was 180 days for quite a while. And then Disney switched to 90 days out. And everybody hated that. Everyone just hated 90 days out. They said it wasn't fair. It didn't benefit people who planned. It didn't benefit DVC owners who might be planning 11 months out. Everyone wanted to get that edge for certain restaurants, which I don't feel is the case anymore. I feel like the um, there's not one specific restaurant people really want to get right now. But back then, it was kind of a big deal. And they switched back to 180. And everyone seemed happy. So I don't know that you would see long-term people happy with this 60, day out, 60 days out schedule. I'm not sure about that. It's kind of... It kind of leads us into fast passes. Well, here, like, before you get to that, let me pose a question to you both. If Disney made the change tomorrow and it was permanent, would you want dining at 60 days or would you want it at 180 days? Ooh, I'm, I'm going to say 180. As much as I don't like making that schedule, and I think there are a lot of 
questions about it, it does benefit the early planner. So I, I will tell you that the other day I was talking to someone from Universal and I was saying, you know, the difference between Universal and Disney is people book Universal three to six months out. They book Universal or they book Disney World six to nine months or even more. Our business runs on planners and our people like to plan. You know, your short notice people, they're not going to like 180 or I'm sorry, 60 days. But I think... The planners, which are the people we work with, they like 180. Okay. Adam, how about you? I wouldn't mind the 60 days, but then they got to change the Fast Pass Plus, assuming that goes on forward. Uh, they got to change that date because I don't think you can have those two things at the same time because I don't think it's fair to, the, to you, the travel agent that books that stuff, or to me, the, or if the guest is booking it. I don't think it's fair to them to have to book all of that stuff at 7 o'clock in the morning. And uh, have to do that. You got to space that out. Oh, well, I, th- I think it would be a great juggling act. <laughs> well, it would be. And, and But here's the bigger thing. At 60 days out, more people are booked than 180 days. So you have a lot more people trying to make these reservations. It also gives Disney less time to plan. So if I see that, you know, Be Our Guest restaurant isn't filling up, you know, well, maybe I can adjust what I order or this, that, and the other farther out. If I'm doing it 60 days out, maybe my scheduling and my orders are a little more complicated. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and we know that Disney crash, like their system crashes all the time. Can you imagine if, cause you know, like we'll book people before, you know, we'll book people before six months out. Obviously that's most of them, but you still get the short notice thing. Well, then my guest who is booking, six months out gets no advantage over the person who's booking two months out. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a psychological reason behind it. There's a practical reason behind it. It makes people committed to their trip. You know, if I'm planning, like doing really hardcore planning at 180 days out, I'm telling the kids about it. Maybe I'm a lot more committed to it than if I'm just going on a whim. So I think it benefits a lot of, on a lot of different levels. I get that. And, you know, a lot of people that listen to this show uh, are planners because they're Disney veterans. But I look at it from the aspect of, you know, I'm planning someone's vacation, a family's vacation. It's their first time. Maybe it's their only time. And they contact me three months before they want to go. And they're all excited because they're finally going to Disney and little Susie has been doing nothing but looking forward to eating with the princesses because she heard you can actually eat in Cinderella's castle. And then you have to tell that guest at three months out, you booked three months too late. Yeah, that is you, true. You know, because those reservations, you know, there, there are still restaurants like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest that go very quickly. Um you know, it, it's it seems like it's it's not as bad as the old days where if you weren't on the phone at seven o'clock by seven o three they were all gone, uh, but they do go fast and it's very disheartening when you have to tell someone that something they're looking, you know, very much forward to, is not going to happen. Well, then, that's Susie's mom's fault because she's a bad mother. It is. It is. Uh, Susie's mom needs to take parenting classes and understand how to go to Disney with her children. Yes. She's the worst. So, so I guess that's the long way of me saying that I, I would like to see it stay at 60 days. Yeah. 
I just don't know that their system can handle that many guests making reservations at 60 days out. And then you're still, you're, remember how hard, like, remember how hard it used to be to get La Cellier. That was the thing that could make or, you know, I didn't personally have it happen, but I had friends who had clients who said, you know what, if I can't get La Cellier, I'm not going. Well, that's crazy because it's not a very good steak, but that place was ridiculously popular. Right. And if you're dealing with everyone trying to get Cinderella's Royal Table at seven o'clock at 60 days out, it's going to be a mess. It it's is huge. But it's, but it's no different. You know, you say that the system couldn't handle that many people making reservations at one point, but it's the same thing they do right now because on any given day, well, not right now because things are a lot different for with fast passes, but pre-pandemic on any given day, you had people logging in on their 60-day window to make fast passes and a group of people logging in at 180 days to make their dining reservations. So but that's you, still, still pretty much the same amount of people. You had more people at 60 days, you would have more people at 60 days making reservations for dining than you would at 180 for dining though, because you have more rooms full at 60 days. That's my whole point. You have more people trying to make those reservations at 60 days. So the competition is three months more intense, five months more intense, whatever, because you have so many more people trying. That's a good point. That's, I didn't even think of that. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're competing instead of competing with 50% of the bookings. Now you're p competing with 70% or 80. But that's that kind, that kind of levels the playing field a little bit. Yeah. But it, I mean, it takes those people who aren't meticulous Disney planners because they've been doing this for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And it allows those people who, you know, most families who aren't Disney families traditionally don't plan that far in advance. And I, I think it kind of gives them that opportunity. You know, I'd much rather tell my client at 60 days out, geez, I couldn't get it for you. But, you know, you were in the running versus, <laughs> you know, you're, you're booking it at, you know, three months out. I'm not even going to try it three months out, you know. Okay, I'll I would always try it three months out because you will. I, that's the thing. I mean, you're going to get most of what your client wants. You are not, you're correct. You're not getting Cinderella. Right. But you're not getting Cinderella. You might Cindy. not get Acre Shoes either. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't see them. I, I think there are too many benefits for Disney. I think they will stay at 180. And you know what? I also stand corrected. It was 120 days out. Uh. And they went back, they went 180, 120, 180. I think it was what it was. I don't think it was 90. Uh, and that raised, it was, it was, and there was an uproar. So, um, okay. All right. Let's go on to the next one. Let's just talk a little bit about the hopping. I mean, how important is park hopping to you, to your clients? And in your case, Adam, with your family, when they go, what do you guys think? Well, we all know Cheryl. We know that she does not like to spend. So usually hopping is not an option that the uh, family does when we're down there. It's got to be a very special occasion for that to happen. So generally we don't hop. For my guests, you know, if, it's, if they're first timers, I generally don't have first timers hopping uh, yeah. because I, I don't think it's efficient. You know, if it's your first time in the park, why are you going to spend two hours in that park and then go over to Epcot? Um, I think hopping, hopping hurts that, that repeat visitor, you know, the visitor who goes two or three times a year, 
because there are people who go in and have no problem going to the Magic Kingdom and jumping on Seven Dwarves Mine Train, and then they want to go to, uh, you know, 50s Primetime Cafe for dinner, and then they want to go to, you know, Epcot and have an after-dinner drink. It hurts them. I understand why Disney has taken it away because it's a lot easier to manage a crowd if you know what how big that crowd is going to be, um, and they're placed with certain restrictions right now. So, if you can only have thirty thousand people in the Magic Kingdom, you can't have people hopping in and out because you don't know. You know, if a hundred people want to go to Epcot, are you going to be able to bring another hundred people into the Magic Kingdom? So, I I understand why they're doing it. Is it something I would miss if it went away? I don't know. I'm torn on this. Even though I don't do it, I like to know that the option is there. Right. What about um, you, Adam? I have said on this show that there's enough to do to spend a whole day in them, and uh, assuming everything is open. Right now, not everything's open. There are shows that are not running, and and the fact that you there's not a lot of people in the parks, you're getting through these lines really fast. It's, assuming a normal operation day, there's enough to do in all these parks, and there's enough restaurants to occupy your time for the day. So I, you don't need to park hop. Having said that, the way it is right now, with how you know Animal Kingdom is closing at 5 or 6 o'clock, it would be nice to be able to park hop over to another park, Epcot, dinner, or reverse it. If you Epcot is opening at 11 in the morning, it would be nice to go to something in the morning and then hop out of there to Epcot. And it also, if you're staying at one of these hotels where you have access to the good Disney transportation, meaning the monorail, the boat, or the the sky Skyliner, where you've paid the extra money to stay at those places where it's easier to park hop at one of those, in theory, you're going to want to have to take advantage of that. Um, I, the park hopping, it, it is nice if you do not think you're doing all of the things. For instance, I've gone, Chris, with you to the parks many times, and you're not one that necessarily has to do everything in a park. You're perfectly fine with doing whatever it is you're doing at one thing, and then you want to go to another park and do the other thing, which is which is how you, you know, because for the most part, when I'm with you, you're working. You're not really um, there for, for leisure. So oh, you want to be able to... Wait. We we all know Adam that that uh, Chris would be fine just sitting down in Germany and enjoying a good Schnitzengruben. Uh, that's my favorite, actually. <laughs> yes, I limit myself to ten or twelve, though. But like, you want to be able to you know see certain things, different things on the same day because you're not there to spend the whole time in one spot. You're there to sort of see different things. So, as an annual pass holder, I like how I could park up because then I could go do you know, three things in one park and then decide to go to the other thing. So I I think it's unfortunate that it's not there, especially now since not everything is open in these parks. So you're getting through you're you're you've done everything in the park within, you know, less than the time that it's open. So yeah, do you do do you do time. it again? Do you do the stuff again? Or do you say, Well, I wanna go to Epcot and enjoy a different restaurant because there's you know, there's you know, there's all these different restaurants or all these different things to have a you know, drink at or whatever. And you can't, you can only eat dinner so many times in a day. You know, I, I like to eat two dinners, but I you can't eat three or four. It's not easy. <laughs> what are you, a hobbit? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, what One thing I think is interesting is that 
I usually, I'm kind of like Tony. I definitely don't sell a hopper to clients who are first timers or even if they have little kids or if it's like a big multi-generational group, maybe, you know, I might recommend it for individuals within that group, you know, to upgrade to a hopper once they're there. But as a, as a general rule, I wouldn't sell, sell it to, you know, everyone. I was surprised at how much I couldn't stand not hopping. Like we would be, and I said this on the other show when we talked about the opening, you know, I would be in Magic Kingdom and we'd be done. And I think, gosh, you know, there's a lot to, you know, I'll just go eat at Epcot. And then I'm like, oh gosh, I can't. So I miss the hopping. I love to hop. I forgot how much I enjoy hopping. And it is such a big revenue generator for Disney because it's $80 a ticket. And it absolutely requires them to do nothing. So, you know, some things that Disney gives you, like the dining plan, they, they make Disney a lot of money, right? But it also costs Disney money. But a hopper does not, it does not cost them anything. And in fact, it might encourage you to spend more because all of a sudden you're in a different park with different snacks and different merchandise and, you know, stuff like that. So I think the hopper's definitely coming back when this is over. There's no question about that. And not only does it not cost them money, but you're, you're spending money to now travel from one park to another, which could take, depending upon transportation, an hour. So yeah. you've, you're, now, not, you're now spending more money to spend less time in a park. If yeah, you think but of it you, know what, you know what the brilliant thing about that is? Then somebody's on a bus for an hour or however long it takes, they're not taking up space in your, you know, attractions. They're yeah. not walking in your, you know, walkways. Yeah. So that's another way of sort of like, you know, uh, keeping people from moving in your park. They're on a bus instead. I mean, it's probably a minor thing, but I'm sure it has an effect. So it's hard to tell right now, of course, because the parks are pretty empty. So. All right. And once, once again, I will pose this question and I will answer first. Uh, if it never came back, uh, you know, hopping versus no hopping, uh, I kind of side with Chris. You know, if, if there's no hopping there, until you tell me I can't do something, that's when <sighs> I want to do it. <laughs> Don't pick your nose, Tony. You know, there you know there would be that outcry. If they took park hopping away, you know there would be people writing Disney. Right. Like, how could you do that? You know, yes. when's the last time you parked hop? Well, I haven't recently, but, uh, you know, I can't believe that you took that away from us. Well, and see, I feel like I'm almost the worst person to answer this question because I have some sort of like problem. Like I, and Adam kind of touched on it, but I will get in a park and like two hours later, I'm like, oh, let's go somewhere else. You know, I mean, so I'm terrible about that. When I'm at Universal, I'm back and forth on the Hogwarts Express. Like I'm just like, oh, you know, let's go back over and ride Spider-Man, you know, that kind of thing. So I, it's like a kid in a candy store with hopping for me. I, I had no idea. You're, you're like kind of one of those cat on a Roomba videos. That's me. Where yes. you just go in one direction and then suddenly you, you hit like an edge and you're like, nah, I want to go the other way. Oh, well, I that's go actually there. true. Well, yeah. that's how I drive. You know, my husband will be like, you always take the path of least resistance, even if we end up in another state, <laughs> you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, this road is really busy. Let's try this. And you know, the next thing I know I'm, I'm in Alabama. So, and I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, although Alabama is fairly close, but still. Okay, here's the big one. And and I'm actually going to come right out and say I've never liked fast passes. Not the way Disney World does fast passes. I I just 
don't like it. And to to put that much thought and work into something and get three choices a day, not a fan. So here's what I'm wondering. What are you hearing and what do you think about not having fast passes right now? I'll go to Adam first. Oh, I think right now it's fine without no fast pass. They don't need it. Um, you're not waiting. There's not enough people there to wait in right. line. Uh, and I think maybe as if as more people start coming to the parks, they're going to want to use that fast pass line to hold people and, and like kind of like just as, as a standby line, or I think they've been using it for, you know, at accessibility and, um, child swap, those people that need to use it so that they're not, you know, walking through an already established line or through an exit uh, opposite way of traffic, that kind of stuff. So I think it's just, an, it's more space to hold people socially distant. Right now, I don't think they need fast pass. I think as demand gets up, they're going to want to bring it back. And when we and I, I won't get into why I think yet. I will, but I'll let you guys, you know, say your thoughts. What about you, Tony? I like fast passes. I don't necessarily like the current system. I liked uh, the original fast pass. You know, fast pass one point um, there was nothing more exhilarating than, than putting your ticket through the turnstile and then giving all four of your park tickets to the fastest person in your group so that they could run to the uh, fast pass distribution kiosks. You know, none of this uh, 60 days ahead of time stuff. It was park opens, run to the kiosk, get your machine, get your uh, ticket in the machine. And that's kind of still the way things are in Disneyland with uh, some of their fast pass distribution kiosks. I liked it when I was there last April. I loved Max Pass. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a great option. So here, here's, let me just take a step back now. The one thing I liked about Fast Pass is it was available to everyone. It was not a luxury that only deluxe resort guests got. It was not something that they charge you an arm and leg for. It was something that came with every ticket. Well, it still is something that comes with every ticket. And you have the option to use it. Now, if you opt not to use it, you're a fool. Because then you're the person who goes into line and complains about the the wait, you know, wait time and standby lines. Ultimately, FastPass will, you know, will come back. There's no way they can get around it. I'd like to see something like a Max Pass, but I don't want them to charge the extra money for it. <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want it to be like universal where you've either got to stay in a certain level resort. I like the fact that it's available to everyone, you know, because not everyone can afford, especially the, the way that the pricing is going on, you know, at Disney these days, we all know it's a, it's an arm and leg and, you know, Mickey bars are very close to $17 each right now. Um, that's, that's kind of a little joke, but they're, they're, they're 1450. You know, just to incur another expense like that uh, isn't fair. You know, I, it's I just pretty pricey. I mean, like when you're at Disneyland and you add it for the whole family, you're you're looking at a few hundred dollars more. And for a lot of people, that's just not, you know. And I think their fast pass system works pretty well, even without it. You just have to put more legwork into it. Yeah, even so. even this whole thing right now, where they're giving, uh, you know, club level guests the opportunity to buy additional fast passes at $50 a day, but it's got to be a, ma- a minimum of three days. You know, that's, that's just once again, you know, Disney trying to find a new revenue stream and people who are staying at club level generally 
have that type of cash to throw around and they'll do it. So I, I just, I, I don't like that. I just Well, like, and the way they do it, Tony, is fantastic because you get to make those at 90 days out and you can make both your three free ones and your three paid ones at 90 days out. I have done it for a few clients and it's the easiest thing in the world. You know, the first time I did it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I was calling it like 905. And they're like, we can get you anything you want. And I was like, what? You know, it was great. Right. Um, I... I, I, one thing I really like about Disney is, and this isn't the right word, but it is very democratic across the board. You could be staying at the cheapest room on property. You're at a standard room in the All-Stars, which is the least expensive room at All-Star Sports. Or you're at the Grand Floridian, and they're going to treat you pretty much the same regardless. There's no special privileges. Everyone gets fast passes. I like that. On the other hand, seeing the ease of being able to do a fast pass that way or to use max pass, I'm really torn. You know, if you have the money to spend, it, you know, it's like, it's like a two edged sword. Like on the one hand, people are able to do more cause they have more money, but you know, the bulk of your clients are staying at the values. They might not want to pay that kind of money. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It kind of bothers me. And uh, like, like the old Chris Wood, who's, <laughs> Who, you know, I don't know, like my young idealistic self doesn't like it, but my self that wants comfort now, I, I kind of like it. The Chris who's just throwing money around the parks, really. Oh, like yeah. And you guys know how cheap I am, right? I mean, like, I don't spend money at Disney. Like, if my kids want something, I'm like, no. You know, <laughs> not getting anything. So, I well, I've gotten a little better in the last few years. But, um, yeah. Or worse, depending upon your point of view. Uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> been with me you know with my kids in the park adam you know that like i think they get like one thing it's i don't I, I uh with thomas i yeah. don't remember him asking for anything yeah they're trained <laughs> <laughs> and they don't and, and and they're not no offense they're not fancy eaters so like no we're at, not. we were at carthay and he was not looking to order you know the, the $80 steak, you know, that, so that may have <laughs> he didn't changed. want to eat anything. <laughs> yeah. That may have changed. He's become quite the steak connoisseur. Oh. So, and Sophie's gotten pretty adventurous, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess my point is like, there's a part of me that feels bad about wanting a paid max pass kind of system, but the other part of me thinks it would be kind of great. You know, fast pass. It was you know we were booking it at sixty for on property, and I I mean we kind of touched on this with the dining, but I think I think they did that to have a little bit of guest satisfaction in that you're spending all this money on your trip, you have now the guarantee that you got these three rides that you know you're going to be able to ride, so you you know going into your big expensive stressful trip that you at least have some stuff figured out before you get there. Plus, it helps them figure out how many people are going to which parks because um, they can staff accordingly and they can know how many, you know, have an idea of how many people they think are going to show up. I kind of like that 60-day fast pass, and I could see why families traveling would like that because they can plan ahead and they know they're guaranteed something. Um, but if you aren't staying on property or you just booked or you forgot or you booked under 60 days, then you might be out of the big rides. And now you got to, you know, 
to a standby, yeah. which during a normal operation day, these right lines are an hour long right. for the big stuff. So I don't mind if 60 Days comes back, but I'm traveling differently. Do yeah. you think, do you, will your clients want that back, do you think? Do, you, do they like it? Or is this, Since do we not want mine this? mine stay on property, I think the 60 days is better than nothing. You know, it does give them that advantage. And you are right. I mean, like, it's next to impossible to get the big rides if you're making those passes at 30 days out. You're just not getting it. So so I, I do think they like that advantage. I, I've never thought that 60 days out was a horrible you know, link, I mean, I, I always thought that was, you know, a manageable amount of time, you know, like, like Tony said, the park hours out, everything else. I, I, I don't think there was a big complaint about that. I just wish that there were more, you know, instead of having three, could we get six or even just five, you know, it's, it's, if I recall correctly, when they debuted the, the fast pass plus system, I thought that the rumor was that they were going to start with three and then eventually they were going to roll it up to, I believe it was six, six per day per person. So years ago, I was on a podcast and we interviewed Len Testa and he said nine was the original plan. I don't know that nine is manageable, but six sure sounds like it is. I, they, they, I guess their revenue has been up every year other than this year. They must have realized they didn't need to do it because it was working and i and maybe guest satisfaction wasn't an issue with booking more fast passes because you do get you could still book more you can book extra yeah and and they well, added on the feature with what they did add on since the start of the magic band and the fast pass plus thing was the the fact that you could do it change it on your phone because there was a time where you had to go to those kiosks and wait in line and that was a pain yeah. in the neck now you can change it on your phone so it's become much easier to book and if you know what you're doing now, I don't know if the average family that travels every, you know, seven years, whatever the heck the number is, if they understand all that, but that's where you guys come in, the travel agents. But if you had an idea, you know what you're doing, you could, you know, easily get more fast passes as the day goes on. Do you know what? I read somewhere that a percentage of those fast passes don't even get used. So maybe that's the reason. Maybe Disney kind of rationalized that, you know, three was manageable for the average person but when you start asking them to plan more than that then it gets too complicated or hard to stick to you know because it's got to mess up lines and planning when you know x amount of people don't show up at their specific time well i i will say that it is a lot better than the universal max pass system because I've, I've benefited from staying in one of their resorts where, you know, the max pass was included and I cannot tell you how, how bad I felt on a few attractions when we were going on the ride and off the ride multiple times, all the while passing this same poor father standing in line with his kids, oh, like, like three or four times. That's awful. You know, <laughs> it was horrible, yeah. uh, but I, but I did it <laughs> and I, and I feel bad about it. I uh, you just, know. I can see that because it's not like a, like at least everyone gets a shot at three free ones at Disney, but this way you're just saying, oh, I'm at a deluxe hotel. Excuse me. You know? Oh, excuse me. I'm, I'm at the hard rock. Excuse yes, me. Exactly. The hard rock. Um, yeah, no, I, I, well, and also the, the, the opposite of that is 
we've been at Universal, Express Pass lines were exactly the same as the regular lines, or they were non-existent, either one of them. Like when we were just there last month, we stayed at Royal Pacific and there was no one. We were like, why did we stay here? We could have stayed at Cabana Bay. We love the theming anyway. You know, I mean, because we really didn't need it. And there have been times like, in, like I remember last September, we went with um, the kids and we were staying at Disney World and we went over and we were doing something. And the guy, the, cat, the team member we were talking to said, oh, well, it's only $85 a day for annual pass holders to buy these uh, express passes. Well, for some reason, I decided I needed to buy Kevin and our youngest son one of those because, you know, and they were like, oh, yay, we got an express pass. Kevin said, you know what, that was a total ripoff. There were no lines. You know, so you pay the money and then you don't need it. At least at Disney, you didn't pay for it, you know, unless you did, you know, club level. Yeah, I don't think right now you need to need to pay for these extra fast passes because it's just not enough or or express pass universal because not enough people i think right i i disney has started charging for the fast pass access in in paris in disneyland in shanghai i don't know about hong kong i I wouldn't be surprised if they do over there so i i hate to say it but it's probably coming at some point here i'm sure they'll give you they'll give you a free b or freebies um but then you'll you know you'll have the opportunity to to um to pay for extra and and I think I know it, it's nickel and diming I get that but at the same time if you if you've paid all that money for a vacation you you want to you know go home satisfied and you want to tell your friends that you had a great time at Disney World and maybe you will look past the fact that you had to pay five ten dollars you know each day to per person to book more things because in the you know i guess scheme of things it's not that much extra based on how much money you've just paid to go there but maybe it is i don't know i guess it depends on how you look at it i don't like getting nickel and dimed i'm upset about the the resort parking and all that stuff like that especially since they weren't doing it and all of a sudden it's the same parking lot. They didn't repave the lots. They're not washing your car or giving you an oil change. They, Isn't you know. there some <laughs> kind of issue with like carbon offsets for that? Wasn't that the whole idea behind that? Um, to, sure. <laughs> no, I mean, I thought that was the whole, I mean, I you know, know, that was one idea why they were doing it was, I, was some environmental thing. Like, and then every, well, okay, I don't, it was, it's been a long time since I've read about it. No, but that's like okay. Every, like, if you're going to charge okay. for parking, if you're going to charge for parking, they're, they're encouraging you not to, well, they're not encouraging you not to, they're, it's, it's almost like an encouragement not to bring your car. But somebody like you, you you're, you're six hours away. What are you going to fly with your five with your five people in your family to Orlando when you right. can just drive like that? That doesn't. That's kind of like. It's almost like maybe I don't know how they would do this, but maybe don't charge if you drove your family because that's good for the environment. You just you just all drove in one car. You spent you had one tank of gas versus if you decided to rent a car because I mean I like renting a car, but. Do I need to rent a car? No, I'm staying on Disney property. I do it for convenience, and I don't mind spending the extra money. But 
maybe they're doing it to disencourage that. You can kind of look at it that way, or they're just well. That's that's what I've heard and read. That you know that was one of the reasons behind it was to encourage, you know, to be more like like Disney had like like every single manager has goals to meet, and the fewer cars in his parking lot, the closer he gets to that goal. So then there are other things that that manager of that resort can do to meet those goals. And it was explained much, you know, more articulately than I'm doing right now. But there was a reason behind it um, that I thought made a lot of sense. And, hey, they make some money off of it, too, which, you know, I mean, it's it's 25 bucks a night at a deluxe. It's 10 or 15 at a value. It's not going to make or break your vacation. Now the, you know, 50 bucks a day or whatever that you're paying extra for a max pass, well, that's, you know, that's getting a little more expensive if they went over to that system. You have to look at it, though, Chris, is, you know, now you've got a parking fee. Then there's going to be a max pass pass fee. You know, what, what other incidental charge are there going to start? Are they going to start tacking on? So, you know, you're, you're already paying, uh, you know, even your d- d- uh, value properties. Some nights uh, during the, the, the busy season, they're well over $200 a night Yeah, for a value resort. And, and that's people who are at a value resort because they need the value. Uh, well, and, now, and that's why I said, you know, that's why I always tell people, look, you know, your client's spending $4,500 to go to Disney for a week. That's a lot of money. You know, it's the word value has a different connotation than the actual meaning. You know what I, I, right. I, I yeah. So it, it, it's, it's just tough because as, you know, as time goes on, uh, there were certain things that I felt Disney was a leader on you know they they didn't charge for premium parking in the parking lots they didn't charge you to park at a resort um you know fast passes were a universal thing that just came with a ticket and now the past five or six years you know it seems like the bean counters have really taken over and they're finding new inventive ways to separate your money from your wallet Right. And, you know, now they charge for the premium parking if you want to be very close in the lot. They charge for parking your car. You know, oh, you want extra fast passes in your staying club level? We're going to charge you for it. You want to do max pass? We're going to charge you for it. And it's it's some of the stuff that used to be free uh, or or included with the cost of your stay uh, that, that Disney has just started, you know, doing. Um, and it, it kind of you know, gets my dander up a little bit. And I'm, I'm wondering how long it's going to be before, uh, you know, oh, you'd like to check your luggage at the resort. Well, that will be $2 a bag for your, your flight home. You know, you would like to take magical express. Well, there's going to be a, you know, a $5 per person, magical express fee, you know, things that I don't want to say traditionally have been free because, uh, you know, they're free, but I I don't want to say that they've always been free, but you know, I understood the fact that a lot of this stuff was free. You know, the parking was free. The the Magical Express is free. Why is Magical Express free? free? Because then you don't rent a car. If you don't rent a car, you don't leave Disney property. If you don't leave Disney property, right. all of your money goes into Disney's pocket with the exception of, of some, you know, third-party restaurants on property that, that Disney doesn't own. Um, you know, so there was always a a benefit to, to, a, to Disney's bottom line of why they were offering a service. 
right. uh, or not charging for a service. And it, it just seems like now they're 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 offering the service, and now they're starting to charge you for that service. And I just I you know that that four thousand dollar vacation is now a forty five hundred dollar vacation, you know, and it and it makes a difference. Yeah, no, it's, it does. It, is, it can be the difference between people going and not going. I mean, people's salaries really aren't going up. But, and, you know, I, and I, I know we got a little bit off topic with that, but I think it is kind of, you know, relevant to the conversation, you know, because once Disney is back, you know, 100%, 80%, whatever, they will be making decisions like this. So I, I, it's interesting to think about what might happen. So. Right. And, and just for the listeners, uh, you know, Adam brought this topic up today and Chris was very concerned that we would not be able to get a full show out of it. And, and I, I think we've now been recording for what, 49 minutes or thereabouts. Wow. Are you, are you timing us? So no, it, it just happens to be on, on Skype. So I'm, I'm oh, okay. sure that, uh, you know, the show will get edited down to about seven minutes of good content. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I was a little concerned. I thought, are we going to get enough out of this? So, yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, I think there is plenty to talk about. I mean, so let me just throw this out. I saw this mentioned el- elsewhere, and I wondered what you guys thought. And I, I do know I have a little inside knowledge, but do you guys think that Disney will keep these crowd levels where they're at right now, or do you think they'll start increasing them? You, you know, looking looking at what they did in Shanghai, which was the first park to reopen two months ago, the Chinese government said uh, you can have 30% of your normal crowd, which I believe for them was about 28,000 people, maybe 24,000 people. So it wasn't a very big amount. And Disney, of course, did not announce what percentage uh, they were going to allow in the parks. But then at one point, Bob Chapek said that you know, we're going to increase the volume by, I think it might have been three to 5,000 people per week until we get to that 30% mark, which lets you know that they were not even at that, you know, 25, 26,000 person level to begin with. Because if there was enough room to bring in a couple of extra thousand people per week, you know that they stayed far below that. I, I you know, Disney has made no mention as to when they're going to increase their crowd levels. You know, we don't know what their crowd levels are to begin with. So it, it's not like they're going to come out and say, we're going to start increasing, uh, you know, the number of people we allow into the parks. Uh, I think, especially with the situation in Florida right now, they have to play it very close to the vest. I don't think that they're going to increase. Well, I would hope that they would not increase attendance levels until Florida gets their, you know, their act in order and the number of deaths and cases start going down. You know, I, I'm sure there are, I know there are plans to increase, right? Nobody knows what those numbers are and no one, like you said, knows where they're at. But I think a good indicator that that might not be happening at the level that they originally planned is the fact that the poly, is it yacht or beach? No, it's boardwalk and yacht club. And art of animation. Boardwalk and beach. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. It was boardwalk and beach. Okay, so boardwalk and beach are not opening at all, right? No yeah. projected. No. What's the projected for the poly? I think it got bumped back to like October. Okay, and we know that uh, art of animation is November now instead of August twelfth. The fact that these four really popular resorts 
are not projected to open, at least for the next couple of months, I think is very telling that Disney has scaled back whatever plans they had in place to kind of increase attendance. And and not only that, but, uh, you know, Yacht, Yacht Club, Beach Club, uh, and both Port Orleans resorts have no opening date. Oh, I, those two. Goodness, I didn't see that. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's crazy because those are huge resorts. You know, the and, river, the, and, as far as moderates go, they're huge. Right. And if, if you recall, um, this is way before my travel agent days, but post 9-11 is when Port Orleans, when both of those uh, – Resorts merged when Riverside and Port Orleans merged and became one uh, one resort with two properties. Okay, so here's here's another thing to think about. If you're a family of four of more than four people, say five, say you just have five people in your family, there's almost nowhere you can stay on property. You can't stay at Art of Animation in the suites. You can't stay at Riverside. You're Prob- well, you could stay at the deluxes, but then you're paying a lot of money. In the family, crib- fam- family suites at the All Stars. Are the All Stars open? I thought the All Stars were no, on the. Those are closed. They're oh, closed right. too. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was one of the. And and frankly, it's hard to keep up with it, Tony. But that was one of the ones I was getting a lot of questions about from clients because I have a ton of clients who are like All Star Sports all the way, but that's not even projected to open. So. I mean, families of, of more than four people, you're either going to the cabins or you're going to a deluxe. Or, you know, hey, get two rooms next to each other. That's actually one of my favorite things to do because then you get more beds and two bathrooms. But uh, well, um, A couple of the yeah. resorts have, a couple of moderates have the fifth sleepers, right? Yeah, but okay, so that would be Riverside. Is the Riverside and Caribbean Beach are the only ones with the fifth sleepers. So you can't do it at... Uh, Coronado, you can't do it at French Quarter. Um, and can we book Caribbean Beach? I can't even keep up with it because isn't that there were sporting events? Wasn't soccer staying there at one point? Uh, I don't who cares know. about soccer? Oh, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, gee whiz, soccer schmocker. Um, I thought they all went home anyway, but that's beside the point. The point is, you know there's a lot of limits on, on what you can do. So, I mean, I, I really feel like, okay, I, and I am incredibly biased. I'm the first to admit it. I feel like Disney and Universal, both first-class experiences, both great companies, we know how well they treated our clients. I, I have nothing but good things to say, and I'm pretty sure they know what they're doing. But when you're in a situation like this with coronavirus, none of us have any frame of reference. We don't know what the heck we're doing from day to day. Um, nobody can plan anything. So we're just kind of winging it. I will say, I thought from pictures that I saw that the parks looked a little busier this week than it did, you know, previously. So. I, uh, to answer your question about the adding capacity, I don't think they need to because I don't, they're not, they still have open for not, uh, for some of the parks, for some of the buckets, because they're doing like these three buckets where it's, it's resort guests, APs, and single ticket holders, which I I'm, right. would be very surprised how many people are just holding tickets at this point. Do you, do you know what, though? Like, I just went the other day. Okay, so Bridget had Bridget changed her dates, and I'm like, hey, I'm crashing your vacation, possibly. Um, because now I'm a total gambler, right? I went down there. The family didn't get sick. We're, you know, basically out of the woods now. 
So I'm basically crashing Bridget and Mark's vacation, taking Adam's job from him, which is, you know, he's not able to do it. He's in New Jersey. They're never allowed to leave. Um, so anyway, I, I was asking her what her parks are, and she told me, and I went to look thinking, oh, gosh, I'm not going to get Hollywood Studios. I could get it. I could have gotten any of the parks, any of the two and a half days I'm there. So I thought that was very interesting because I remember when everything happened, People were scared. They thought, you know, I'm going to make this reservation, and then if I'm not on immediately, I am not going to get a park pass. That was so, with as an annual pass holder, right? Well, see, it doesn't matter if you have a room reservation. So oh, if okay. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if okay. I had booked it as an AP holder, that might have been a little different. But I booked it with a room reservation, yeah. and honestly, I've really not encountered that because I always have to stay someplace down there. Although, yeah, yeah. people are always saying I can crash at their house, but I don't want to impose. No, no, yeah, yeah. So I, so I, so they've got three buckets. And I think they just pour whatever's left over from one bucket into the other buckets as the day gets closer. Because they've been adding AP availability like every couple of days. They just yeah. add for like two weeks at a time type thing. Right. Because I, th whatever, you know, the two other buckets aren't getting, you know, use, used. Because I saw that um, Hollywood Studios for APs is like filled up for like weekends and like through like October because right. a lot of locals are hitting up Hollywood studios, which is fine. It's, it's, you know, they could do whatever they want, but now maybe Disney is adding capacity as they realize that they can, because they, because the, the guests are doing what they're supposed to be doing and, and people aren't getting sick. And, and, um, I do think it's personally, I think it's very hard to figure out if somebody gets sick from the theme parks. I think it's yeah. like near impossible to determine that unless if it's from an employee but hopefully the employees aren't coming in if they're sick. But that's an argument for another day, I guess. But I think I think they're going to try to add as much capacity as they can because I, you know, as long as people are willing to go, because um, they're open. I mean, they they want to make money if they're open. They're not going to want to. I don't think they're going to want to close again. Do you know what's weird? I know people who have um, who went down the first time who are already back down again because. They had such a good experience. Um, again, I want to go. I'm a little nervous. You know, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't want to push my luck. And I have three kids. I can't be getting my kids sick, you know. Yeah, I've so. been watching a lot of, like, vlogs. And um, it's empty. And everybody's keeping the mask on. And I'm, like, looking at it like if I lived closer where I could drive or if I lived there, I would, I would be going because right. in my situation, I don't have, you know, kids or a spouse to have to worry about getting them sick. I think, you know, I, like I would be okay taking on that personal responsibility for me, but I yeah. understand that's not everybody can do that. And, um, and I, I can't get down there now. I'd like, I'd have to fly and I'm not doing that. So it's right. Is it the, well, and you're not supposed to go because you're from New Jersey. Yeah, I can't, legally i'm supposed to quarantine for two weeks when i get there in florida and then when i get home i'm supposed to quarantine for two weeks because i'm going to come from florida so so a trip to disney would take required four weeks of me sitting and you know doing nothing all right i'm going to turn it over to tony and he's going to close out the show Thanks, Chris. As always, I will remind our listeners that this show is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel. Head on over to their website, MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com, and let Chris hook you up with the right agent for your family's vacation memories. 
You can find the Mouse and More podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search the Mouse and More podcast. On behalf of Adam and Chris, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More podcast. Good night, everybody. Good night.